The problem with being fat is it takes too much effort to do even the tiniest tasks, bending over to tie your shoe, getting up to go check the mail, keeping up with the damn dogs. It's just too much work. My girlfriend, Lena, isn't fat, but she's something else, a scurrier, one of those women who never ever sits still, always picking up the place, jumping out into the Honda Civic to get food, napkins, cigarettes, nagging at me to get a better job, to go back to school, to stop buying surfboards. I get them cheap on Craigslist and tell her it's an investment, but she does not care. That piece of crap for $250, are you kidding me? Shoot, even a hundred bucks could buy us a better sofa. She kicks the end of the broken down futon that serves as our bed, couch, repair bench, table. A ring of surfboards circles our tiny living room like sharks in the water. Something about their soft muted shape speaks perfection to me. How can such a simple piece of glass carry my 350 pound frame with the ease of carrying a feather? Once a month, I drive over to the Southport Lumber Mill to put in my eight hours. That's all I need to keep the SSI coming and the welfare agent off my back. A measly 400 bucks a month. That, along with Lena's job at the Safeway, helps us get by until the next payday. No wonder I'd rather coexist with the sea. Water washes you away, but at least it doesn't hold you in a vice. Lena's drumming her fingers now on top of the Formica counter in our cramped kitchen, gazing out the window at the water in the distance. The only good thing about this place, the incredible view. She's got that harried look about her. And I know she's thinking about the phone call she received from her father the other day, the one who lives in New Orleans. Dad wants her to move back home. The family business needs someone to run things, and Lena's dad is on his last leg, literally. The other leg paralyzed during Katrina. One of the 15,000 people crammed into the Superdome when all hell had broken loose. She washed their entire home away, along with all of Lena's father's savings for the past 12 years. Oh, Lena, she sure loves her daddy, but she hates her mom. Now me, I'm fat, I'm simple, and I'm slobby as sin. But I'm the one who makes her laugh. And unlike the ex, Kevin, I don't treat her like a piece of crap, joining all of the other pieces of crap floating along in the ocean. Should I stay or should I go? That's the question I know she ponders every night and day. Gabe lay back in his bed and thought about maybe just staying in bed all day. But it was about 77 degrees already, and he could feel the heat building in the air. He kicked off the covers and sat up staring at a 350-pound, half-dressed man with an untrimmed goatee in the mirror. Who was that? 
Gabe waved a hand at himself just to make sure. It was almost trippy how the reflection looked like him, yet it wasn't. After a year of being too heavy to stand without any support, you started to feel like you were actually in someone else's body. Inside, he felt skinny, normal, like he used to. But on the outside, it was different. Gabe slowly rose to his feet, using the dresser as a crutch. If he could have anything at all this moment, he'd order the largest pepperoni and black olive pizza he could find, and then share it with the homeless guys down the street. Gabe had lived by some pretty hardcore meth heads in Seattle back in the day. But here in Southern Cal, the guys on the street were way more mellow. Maybe it was the sunshine. Maybe they're just high on better meth. Gabe walked out onto the worn down deck, which wrapped around his trailer. He squinted into the light. Yep, like clockwork. A low brown smudge was working its way, forming over the Tijuana River Valley. He had read somewhere that San Diego ranked as the sixth highest ozone polluted city in the nation, his hometown. Lena would get really mad whenever he told her statistics like that, but they were still true. Just think of it like cancer, he told her. If your mom suddenly got it, it ain't going away. So you've got two choices. You can fight it or just accept it as something you can't change. He sniffed the air, warm and slightly salty. It reeked of smog and ozone and God knows what else. But he was going to love this place until the day it died. This was the life. The ocean looked good as Gabe trotted out onto the beach, pulled off his sandals, and panted, winding his way amongst the throng, bobbing up and down in the water. If some asshole cuts you off on the water, you just turn your board in another direction. Plenty of ocean for all. If an asshole cuts you off on the interstate, you have to restrain your rage from boiling over inside of your already sweltering vehicle. Finally. Gabe made it out to the lineup. He sat up on his board, coasting over the smooth mountains of water like they were the gentlest of roller coasters. It was hot. The last gasp of summer. Labor Day weekend. The beach was packed. A young Hispanic boy, about 14, bobbed next to G. Their boards bumped into each other, but the boy just grinned. Togetherness. Out on the water, most people were just thankful not to have to be at work or at school. Outside, a huge six-foot roller approached from the horizon. The lineup of surfers broke up, and each man or woman paddled frantically into the best position. Gabe eyeballed the approaching giant and dug in deep with his strokes. He was in the perfect position, anticipating the joyous tilt of the wave lifting him up before it neatly slid him down the face. But then, a clean-cut surfer with muscular arms and shorn hair bore down on him, sliding at an angle, sharply cutting Gabe off, stealing his wave. Hey! His words were washed out by the roar of the surf as crew cut, nimbly curved down the face, wending his way to shore, leaving Gabe and his fury behind. 
As Gabe turned back around to join the lineup, the 14-year-old boy gazed at him with sympathy. That was a dick move. That ride was yours. Gabe shrugged. There'll be others. But as he glanced towards the beach and glimpsed the surfer paddling back out to dominate the next wave, he thought he caught the distinct odor of searing exhaust drifting over from I-5. Lena caught a whiff of salt water and shivered. Autumn was fast approaching. Back home in New Orleans, autumn provided badly needed relief from the wrenching humidity, but also from each other. The chill forced people to break up their massive barbecues and gatherings, gatherings Lena loved, but which also wore her out. Quickly, she shook her head and grabbed a rag to wipe down the meat counter at the local Safeway. Remember to keep moving, let each moment pass you by. That's what Dr. Flanagan, her counselor, had advised. Too often, Lena found herself caught up in a quagmire of pity and self-doubt. So Dr. F had prescribed some remedies, find a task, keep moving, do whatever it takes to not think. The trouble was Sundays were slow at the Safeway too many people hung over, except for the occasional churchgoer stopping in to grab a pink box of donuts. Rancho Penasquitos was a nice neighborhood. It was a relief to be able to serve customers their smoked ham or brisket without having to look over their shoulders for shoplifters. Gabe always told Lena she was being prejudiced that half the brothers who stole food from a grocery store probably needed it. Lena understood that but candy or cigarettes wasn't exactly nourishing food for families. Rancho Penasquitos was open and airy, the distant hills rugged and light. It was about as far from Ocean Beach as you could get. Stupidest name for a beach, she thought. Lena loved Gabe, but just like Autumn provided respite from the searing Louisiana heat, Rancho Penasquitos, or PQ as the locals called it, was a nice break from the daily chore of caretaking Gabe. As Lena squeegeed the store windows clean, she glimpsed Mount Carmel rising in the distance and smiled. Someday, she would head out there and not even look back. Brian, a man with a crew cut, Water just recently dried from a shower after his dip in the ocean, emerged from the stucco mansion after kissing his wife, Terry, goodbye. It didn't matter that he would be back in just 10 minutes. Teresa Manuelita Santiago was an old school Catholic girl, one who believed in the sanctity of rituals, which included kissing your husband goodbye, no matter what. As he unlocked his exterior with a single beep, Brian reflected on how odd it would be if every man living in their houses identical to his emerged at the exact same time each morning. He often joked at dinner parties that the only reason Terry had chosen bright magenta for their front door was so he wouldn't accidentally walk into the wrong house. Brian gazed longingly at the turquoise longboard resting inside the garage. If he wanted, it was just a 20-minute drive back to Ocean Beach. 
He could get in a quick session, shower, and still be at work by nine. But he had promised to go fetch maple syrup, spend this morning with their kids, and he wanted to. It was just, he also wanted to immerse himself in some salty ocean brine. And Saturday morning cartoons and pancakes just didn't fit the bill for that. He knocked himself on the side of the head, glaring into the rearview mirror, gunning the engine of the Jeep. Be thankful for what you got, jerk, he said to himself as he tore his vehicle out of the pristine house's driveway. The scent of warm sugar wafted out of the Safeway bakery as Brian entered. It was nice and quiet for a Sunday morning. For a full minute, he wandered up and down the aisles, pretending he was a bachelor surfer again, just grabbing a cup of joe before heading out for the action. A pretty petite Latina girl, hair tied up in a neat ponytail, eyeballed him. For a second, he flattered himself that she was checking him out, then realized she was actually scowling at someone behind him. He walked amicably, amicably up to the meat counter. Morning. Good morning, sir. How can I help you today? Chilly, but polite. Can I get a pound of the hickory smoked bacon? As the girl wrapped up his order, Brian pushed all thoughts of surfing outside of his head. This is ridiculous, he thought. Here he was, the guy with everything, a beautiful wife, two terrific kids, and a house in the hills of Southern California. It was time to let go of these childish, salt-soaked fantasies.